Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Kristen. We'd like to welcome you to the writer's story. Wow, it is the end of November. And, um, you know, I think some people may wait till January to think about the past year or December or something. But we thought we would think a little bit of about this year and talk about where we are with our writing. And it's been quite a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for our show, we set out this year to um, think in terms of themes a little bit more than we had done before. We still enjoyed wonderful guest writers. Um, we had an agent on, um, folks who are doing work in coordinating um, seminars and other events for writers. Um, so it's been a fun and supporting writers, writers who support writers. And I think yes. they're uh, sort of unsung heroes in a lot of ways, because it does take time away from your writing to run a festival or, uh, you know, run, you know, run this podcast. And there's such a, it's so important because I think so often writers really need that support and they need that structure for, for them to find readers and to think about craft and so they're really really important yeah yeah part of being a good um yeah writer in community and so yeah we were lucky to have a number of those kinds of folks on and we had marie lambda a literary agent whose work is supporting writers um that was really fun i um also think a lot about our own um our own work in relation to, well, as you said, you know, the, the being in connection with other writers and how we can um, dig into our own projects with the kind of attention, the going into the cave attention that they require while still being in conversation with one another in ways that are really supportive. Yeah. 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 And I know that you do that still with Richmond writers, and we do that with Charlottesville writers, and um, and you've got your writing group. The yep, yep. Gather, and yep. then we and have. I mean, boy, to read others' work in progress is a uh, that's a labor of love. I mean, it's work in progress for a reason. <laughs> Think about. Oh my gosh, you and I were just talking a little bit about our own work right now and the messes that. <sighs> we can create in the course of um, sorting through different drafts. So to have other readers weighing in on those is really, really valuable. Yeah, yeah and I've started working um, in much earlier drafts with the writing group, which takes a lot of bravery on my part to show people what I'm writing before I really feel like it's crystallized. And, um, and I find that super interesting because usually what I think is going to be the problem is not at all what they identify as the problem. It's not that they don't find problems. It's just that we don't seem to agree on what the problem is. <laughs> uh, and that's really illuminating, I think, because eventually we do hope to have a reader, um, not just us, and to have someone to reach out and say, oh, I found this super confusing, or I really didn't like her, or whatever, and, and then you sort of sit back and think, huh. Mm-hmm. Do you think, is it, is it helpful when you're showing really new work to others to have questions that you 
at, that you bring to those people with respect to your writing, like look for this, would you tell me about what you think about that? Or do you think, or the opposite, do you say, hey, you know, just give me your reactions to what's going on here? Well, it's super interesting because I always try to say, um, hey, this is really, really new and I'm still working some things out but would love just general feedback from you. I do not need line by line edits or whatever. But you know, it's really interesting because I think, you know, I've been with this group for a while and everyone's just their own um, sort of reader, their own thing. So there's somebody who really does love to do line edits and she's gonna do that whether or not I tell her not to. And then there's others who kind of get in that spirit and just sort of give me general feedback or, um, you know, so it, it just does depend. It does depend. And I might have a question like, do you really hate this person or do you like this person? Or, um, you know, what do you think is going on? <laughs> I, I don't know. And yeah. then from there we sort of, um, you know, try to, try to see see where I am but it is it is a ch- it is a challenge I think and it's a challenge to show your work at any stage um and it's a challenge to be open to feedback um, mm-hmm. but I have found it to be interesting although it does cause me to work in a different way if I'm getting feedback so early. Mm-hmm. So I try not to do too much revising while I'm in a first draft mode. I think it's can be quite um, uh, kind of stop your flow if you're always yeah. trying to perfect something. And it might be that those scenes never make it into your final book. So it might be a lot of useless time that you spend going over and going over them, trying to perfect them. If in the end, in your structure, you're like, oh, I started way too early and I'm going to hack off the beginning or something. Yeah. So that will really yeah. cause you to to be like, well, I mean, I, I worked so hard on these scenes. How can I possibly cut them, you know, yeah. and make things very precious? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a little mm-hmm. bit. And, and, I, and I've gotten feedback from them where I've thought, oh, yeah, you're right. This is in the wrong place or... This is, um, there's not enough happening here or something. And I've wanted yeah. to, to change It reminds that. me of the, you know, the question a lot of folks ask of writers, how do you work? Do you just sit down and start writing? Or do you have a roadmap and outline ahead of time? And you and I have talked on the show about kind of two categories of writers, the pantsers and the outliners. And um, observe that, at the end of the day, they begin to overlap. So, you know, as much as you may have an outline, you might have a really clear idea about how things are going to recognize that it's probably going to stray from that at some point. And um, to to roll with that without maybe trying, and this is where like that, that first draft feeling like you have to, the um, let's see, guarding against that feeling that it has to be exactly right, guarding against the feeling that it has to adhere exactly to the outline you may have drawn up, but to let it go off script a bit and see if then you develop, say, a new roadmap for this book as it continues to evolve. It's such a humbling process, and it's exciting, too. I mean, there's just so many surprises. There are. Unpleasant and pleasant. (laughs) 
in Clever Surprises, I've had a funny, not, well, an experience recently as I have been revising these books that I had started so many years ago and picked up, put down, picked up, put down, put down for years, picked up again, and finally decided this year, this is the year. I'm just going to finish them, be done, get it out. And I have found myself in the course of working on them, bracketing, this is the technique I use to put something in that I want to come back to. I'm not exactly sure whether it's a single word, it's not quite the word I want, I want to come back and find another, or an idea. And I've started bracketing, you know, like here providing, I might tell myself, provide more context. And instead, what I have done is just started writing whatever is the context I've started to imagine. And I've discovered happily that more often than not, what I, what I've simply written in the tone, in the, in the, in the, um, in the style, if you will, and the voice of the book have, has fit just fine. So I haven't needed to tell myself to come back and do it. What I've bracketed in as the doing has ended up on another read through being for the most part, pretty good. I'm like, well, I can use that. Oh, that's great. As they say. (laughs) So that's kind of a happy surprise, but it has required trusting that I can just go ahead and write the thing that I've already begun writing in my head, but feel I have to sort of summarize and come back to perfect. But instead, just just write the damn thing. I think I think the thing I realized at some point is writing a novel is like a whole series of decisions. Yes. And uh, I think you can really become paralyzed if you're unable to make a decision about something. It'd be like, I just can't decide. Should she be 12 or should she be 16? And you can sort of circle around that. And then at some point you just realize, pick one. Pick yeah. one and yeah. write your book. Um, I was just listening to a craft talk um, on YouTube by Justin Cronin, and he was saying he was at some reading, and there's four people in the audience, and this one woman raises her hand and says, how do you write a novel? You know, that's her question. And then says, I've asked every writer who's come to whatever town this is, and they all say some some variation of, well, you have to sit down and start writing. (laughs) <laughs> and and Justin Cronin says, well, that's true. But to write a novel, you also have to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sit down a lot. <laughs> and and I and I think that's what we kind of miss. Like so, writing a novel. Yeah. Yes, I sit down. I can write. I can write, and I can say I'm writing a novel. And instead, write the same twenty pages again and again and again, and never finish it. But there is yeah. a huge uh, accomplishment with finishing something. Yeah. And then also there's another another part of that accomplishment where you finish something and then you feel that it all kind of made sense and then you did a pretty good job with it and you wouldn't mind someone reading it. And that's a whole other level Yeah. too. So that, I don't know, there's so, <laughs> there's so many steps to it. But I did think that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> and you have, you have to finish it. And you have to finish yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's my my mantra these days is uh, is finish it, and it's getting close. I've got these four four historical fiction novels that set in the ancient world that um, I'm I'm finding the finish line. That's so which is amazing. a good feeling. And they, oh my gosh, the story could go on and on. There could be another four. It's just um, 
such a soap opera. Wow. Which is fun. Um, and I do feel like I have real familiarity with these characters now. Um, they sort of do live in my, they, they are a part of my world. <laughs> but <laughs> I realized nobody else really maybe has met them. Well, maybe so. give them a chance to read the first four. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it's, yeah, it's an interesting ride. And um, I'm really looking forward to the coming year and the kinds of things that we may be working out on this show. We'll talk craft again. I know you tell, tell me a little bit more about some of the craft studies that you're engaged in right now, Meredith. Yeah, I think... I feel like I'm sort of perpetually a student in some ways. I'm really always interested to see uh, how other writers are doing things and what kind of advice they have. Um, and sometimes it's really great. You can read a book or um, hear from somebody and they can sort of answer a question that you've had about how to make something work and make something make a little more sense. Um, so I'm using... Um, uh, a website called thenovelry.com and I was doing an advanced uh, novel writing course there which I found really really interesting and um, it was just introducing me to other resources and other writers are being interviewed on there about what they do and, and I think it's just been very very inspiring. What I decided to do was to pick up um, a thriller that I had written uh, two years ago and only got about 60,000 words in before I realized that what I wanted to do was something a little bit different um, than what I was than I what I had started out doing and it seemed too hard so I kind of threw my hands in the air and said I, I would try it another time <laughs> and I would go instead with a, another idea that I had come up so it was sort of against what I usually try to do which is to leave something as a completed draft whether it's a first draft or something. So I've picked that up and I've tried to rip it apart. And right now, as I was saying before we started recording, I feel a little like I'm looking at, um, you know, uh, a pillow that someone's removed all the stuffing and kind of just <laughs> dropped it all over your bed. And, and you're like, how will I put this back together so that it will be a functional <laughs> pillow? And that's kind of how I feel <laughs> about when I look at my first draft. There are a whole bunch of scenes. I'm switching tenses with them, and so I've, you know, I've been trying to re retype them and that kind of stuff. But I, they sort of don't have a home yet. They're all kind of out there, and some of the order has changed, and some characters have changed, and um, yeah, and not enough suspense, not enough thrills, not enough danger, and I need to sort of go back and. Um, revisit all that stuff as opposed to just trying to be like every day I'm adding more words to the right. pillow pile <laughs> <laughs> more stuffing I, yeah I can see the wisdom in that I I have found that taking long long walks and thinking on these questions you know how do I add and then all those things that you listed um can be enormously it can save a lot of time by comparison with trying with you know tying myself to the chair and thrashing myself to get more words into a document when yeah the the long view i think in 
film right in screenwriting is like the 10,000 mile view. Yeah. Going way up in the air and looking down on your project and asking what, yeah, what's going on here and what does it need? And Well, it was, yeah, it was useful with this class because they do go back and sort of say, let's start at the beginning. Like, what is your theme? What does your character want? Who is your character? What's their wound? What's their this? What's their that? And that's been super helpful as I revise. So I do feel like I've been clarifying that character, but I, but I think, um, you know, it, 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 the characters needed shoring up, um, but I, I, the plot is still not completely shaken out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make sure that I figure that out because that's just, I mean, that's a huge challenge with a, with um, suspense. You need to have some sort of through line or else you're just a bunch of people sitting around in a room. <laughs> 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 gripping the gripping the arms of their chairs white knuckle because it's a thriller Meredith yes exactly <laughs> and what was really fascinating is they is they one of the classes they took apart um uh, a book by Ruth Ware and sort of showed how she created suspense and what she did in terms of repeating the questions and having very dark and gloomy words. It was super interesting, and it's sort of something I, I remember doing in film classes, but I've never really done it with a novel. Like, how do they do this? And, you know, and I think um, it's, it can be a very interesting exercise, like, to look and see how does someone do the thing that you may be trying to do? Not that you're going yeah. to copy it, but that you're going to have this awareness of this is yes. what's making you feel this way and that's how it, it, it gets you know to a certain place and and, and sort of gels yeah. together um yeah yeah and having that um oh kind of the formal interpretation the formal attention to it um how someone else has tackled the thing that you might be struggling with mm-hmm Mm -hmm. I think is really useful. It's, I think it can be hard in reading, like if you're reading a book and you, another novel, and maybe it's one that has some similarities to the kind of project you're working on, it's easy to get caught up in just enjoying the novel if it's really working, right? And so it's another step or it's a different kind of exercise of reading to pay attention to how did they write in such a way that I am hooked that this is so engaging. So to have someone like it sounds like is happening with this novelty course to point that out, this is how it works. I'm reminded of a conversation I just had earlier today um, that had nothing to do with writing expressly, but it um, was the woman was talking about how her uncle does welding and has this big TikTok following or something like that having of and they're all photos of welded spots that are in amusement parks and it occurred to me that this is some of what we're doing that is how do how did this welding work in order to make the the roller coaster safe how does this person but you have to have that that close up of the joint, the welded joint, that close up of the spots or the things that uh, successful. Right. 
and that's a writer was done. Yeah. Right. And that's what they were doing, which is to sort of say like, all right, we're just going to ignore the fact that there's this rollicking plot and there's whatever. And now we're just going to focus on the building blocks of it. So what yeah. was fascinating is she was taking this chapter and was saying cold, you know, chill, <laughs> dark, you know, and what the trigger words were and then how often they were repeated. Yeah. And, um, and then there was also like this first chapter and the character said, why am I here? Why did she have me come here? Why am I here? You know, repeating the question. And it was super interesting because, you know, in the class they talk about, you should always have a question. What, what's driving? What's, why, why is your reader turning the pages? You know, and it doesn't have to be a thriller for that. It could be if you're writing a road trip novel, why are they going on this trip? Yeah. Are they going to get to their destination, you know, or whatever it is, your question that you have, you know, are they going to still be friends (laughs) when they get there? (laughs) You can have a question. And then, you know, the question is, do you tell the reader what the question is? Mm. And how Hmm. do you tell them that? And, you know, and with this with this particular writer, her her uh, technique was just to tell you the question and then tell you it again and then tell you it three, four or more times, you know, <laughs> yeah, super... so that you hold that question as a reader. Yeah. Right? And so you go to yourself, Oh yeah. Why is she here? You know? Yeah. And, but that yeah. also creates an unease. And so that, but that might be something you're trying to create, you know, if someone is someplace and they're very concerned or nervous about why yeah. they're there, then you become nervous for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just super interesting. I'll see. We'll see if I can um, put Humpty Dumpty back together again or (laughs) um, just create something completely different, you know, to turn the roller coaster into the tilt a whirl. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Melt it down. I'm confident you'll find your way through. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it's so good always to visit with you, Meredith. And I um, am looking forward to the coming year. We'll take a break in December, but um, coming back the beginning of the next year with um, more questions. We'll keep those questions coming and um, sharing our writing journeys and some triumphs. We hope as we navigate what to do with books uh, once we finish them and um yeah, yeah. and talk to other writers, writers about <clears throat> yes about their process and their journey and which continues to inspire us um mm-hmm. and uh help us you know continue to do this so thanks yeah. to everyone for listening this year yeah and, um hope you have a restful and peaceful holiday yeah Bye for now. Bye-bye.